and welcome to Soulscape. I'm Jodie, the founder of Solstice, and I'm joined by Bee and Audrey as we continue our Arcana series. Our Arcana series is where we use the tarot cards to facilitate conversations about life, growth and transformations. Today we are looking at the 12th card of the major Arcana cards, which has the number 11 on, and it is Justice. Hi guys. Hello. The court is now in session. Oh, I was about to say that. And then you <laughs> took it straight from me. It's okay. An injustice has it, been served. Justice has been served. Let's see if we have any poetic justice by the end of this. Let's. Wow. How many more can we get in by the end? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> justice is an interesting one because obviously it's a word that is very much uh, used in day-to-day life. Uh, you know, I, as opposed to like the hierophant <laughs> or the hermit. <laughs> to be fair, I use hermit quite often. But like justice is very like, you know, we say justice and people all have their own, you know, very, I think, deep senses of what that means. So it will be interesting to unpack this in, in both the, the tarot perspective and then how that resonates and sits with us mm. in real life. IRL. IRL, you know. So before we get into our spin-off chats, B, would you like to take us away with the tarot sim- symbology? <laughs> the nitty-gritty. Yeah. Symbolology. Yeah, I just like making up my own words now at this point, <laughs> letting it happen. Okay. Ah, let's go. So w- we have justice. We've kind of seen this figure before. Person in between two pillars. Mm. This is the third time we've come across this imagery. If we hark back to the High Priestess and the Hierophant. Yeah, two words that aren't used very often. We see this image again. So for those of us who can't see, please enjoy this audio description of Justice. So the card starts off with number 11 at the top, XI, the number of balance and fairness. The angel number 11 signals the beginning of a new life lesson. It's a very spiritual number, 11, and can be an indication of new beginnings and change. So when you see 11 in your life, it can sort of indicate that um, something's going to shift and something's going to change, something's going to transform. Behind the number 11 is this yellow background, which we don't get to, we don't get to see much of because most of this card is eclipsed by a purple cloak. In front of the purple cloak sits this figure, genderless, I'm going to say. There is no gender to justice. This is um, a universal concept. Um, I want to quote you. There is no gender to justice. (laughs) Yeah, there is. Yeah, whatever. Um, And this person wears a crown, which represents wisdom. There's a little square in the middle of the crown, which sort of is hitting the third eye, which represents clarity of thought. Figure is adorned in a green cape with a clasp on it 
Again, the clasp on the cape represents rationality and order. The cape is green. And then they're in a red robe. Red in Tara's all about personal power and the body. On either side of this figure are two big grey pillars. So this is a bit more Hierophanty than High Priestess, where she has one white and one black. Mm-hmm. Again, these are two grey, but these are, once again, the pillars of severity and mercy. Justice holds a double-edged sword in the and right in the right hand right hand is the giving hand so the double-edged sword is all about sort of favorable and unfavorable consequences and then in the left hand is uh, the balance scale which is sort of a nod to the fact that we will always receive balance we will always receive justice whatever we put out is going to come back around to us and um yeah this is the notion of this card so this yellow background is all about after justice is served so after justice swings the sword of either favorable or unfavorable consequences a new dawn will begin afterwards as signified by number 11 but you can't get to this new dawn until you uh approach justice meet them and you know have it out with justice so this card sort of invites you to question how does it make you feel to be sat in front of this person because that will tell you a lot already do you feel a little bit anxious or do you feel a bit relieved because this is the card of your actions have consequences and the consequences to your actions are about to be served up to you on a plate um this is all about the universal laws of cause and effect whatever energy we put out is going to come back around to like it's going to come back around to us so it will feel nice or it might feel a bit unpleasant and that is dependent on yeah as i say what we've put out there yeah so i suppose i feel quite calm with this card i don't know why yeah i feel like if I was in the card, I would be sitting opposite them quite mm. calmly. You could say, mm-hmm. Hi. just like that's... have a chat. I don't know why. I don't know what that means, but that's like that's the feeling I get when I am here. There's something quite still in it, mm. and equally, I think I was maybe maybe we're splitting the the feelings over here because something about it feels. I know we're not at the judgment card. Yeah. But something about this feels like like a little bit un- I feel a bit uneasy. You know, what kind of justice will be served? My question also around in my head is is the person serving justice are they going to be ethical with their power in this? And I guess this is the card of of the ethics of things. I assume yeah, the ultimate ethical karma. Yeah. The universe sees everything. Yeah, and I'm thinking about, I guess, what it's like to be sitting in front of justice and then what it's like to embody justice and who gets to embody justice in this life and who gets to be at the end of justice and when is what is fairness and what isn't. And it's making me think of that kind of 
uh, you know, we talked about the divine and then the false uh, characteristics of masculine and feminine. And it's making me think of like, you know, divine justice and that kind of holy, ethical, beautiful, calm. And then what is the kind of falsified justice, like the criminal justice system, you know, things that we know use the word justice and oftentimes in practice aren't just I had the exact same thought as well, the, the false justice and the divine justice. And maybe if sitting, I'd feel calm sitting in front of this because it represents the divine justice. Mm. But if I turned around and there was the false justice, wouldn't feel as yeah. calm and okay to be there. You'd kind of feel like you'd have suddenly a guard up mm-hmm. um, a protection, but then also maybe something to kind of fight with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas this... I'd feel calm being in front. So already the aspects of others are affecting how you respond to it. Yeah, and when do we get to encounter divine justice in life? Mm. You know, who, if this is a card of law, of ethics, of truth, integrity, do our governments represent that? Or do we actually find that maybe more in our interpersonal connections? Because I, I would I would make the argument that our governments don't represent no. justice whatsoever. That justice systems don't, as much as they preach to, as we've seen time and time again, many innocent go unjustifiably, you know, mm-hmm. you know crim- criminalized and mm-hmm. uh, incarcerated. And a lot of people who are guilty, a lot of actual, you know, offenders of things don't actually get what is just in terms of what their actions should have. Uh, and out- yeah. outwardly, maybe, they seem to not have had the what is just, but inwardly, will they be tormented by what they've done? So will they be affected inwardly that people can't see? Mm. Um and it makes me think of you know, people who have run huge companies and kind of don't care about the people that they affect as they make the big amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Inwardly, somewhere, it seems like they don't care who they hurt or who they might kill or whatever with whatever they're doing. Inwardly, somewhere, do they feel it? Or are there some people that don't ever feel that? Mm, like so are they getting their morality. own justice internally or not? Mm. yeah I guess that's the moral morality Mm. a sense of morality and I I know that you know lots of psychopathy (laughs) tests have questions on them like you know do you feel guilt when you da 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 that basically tests that that thing and I think a lot of a lot of people in very high up positions are sociopaths that might not feel that they might not ever get a sense of of guilt over what their actions have caused towards other people and this is what's so interesting. I actually was having a really interesting conversation with a friend of mine about like gaslighting. We were thinking about like, we, we were debating the term because I was like, well, someone can get gaslit whether that's the intention of the gaslighter or not. And they were like, no, it always depends on the, the intention because if the intention is to manipulate and gaslight, because that's the definition, then sure it's gaslighting, but if the t- intention's not there, then 
no, it's not gaslighting. And I was like, oh, I just, I don't, don't know if I agree with that because people that offend, people that abuse, people that manipulate aren't always doing it out of intention to hurt, but, you know, or conscious intention to hurt, but it happens. And so how do you reconcile with the impacts that that's caused? How do you find justice for the impact that that's caused? Because for instance, maybe someone that is sociopathic in a position of power might not have the intention to cause harm and pain to another person, but it still does, you know? Mm. And yeah, I don't know. I guess that's a big question in this kind of justice. Like what does the uh, victim get in justice and what does the abuser or, you know, offender get? Mm. Because if they they have those characteristics that maybe they don't see it as, morally wrong because they're they have a different disposition of what of what means to be unkind or selfish or whatever yeah and and maybe maybe there's an apathy to what impact it makes on someone as well and a lack of guilt for that and equally someone that's not sociopathic or not a psychopath could very well act out of these act out of trauma you know, we all hurt people. Like we all, we all fuck up. Like let's be honest, we all, you know, we we fuck up. We make mistakes. We hurt people. Uh, we do unjust things. Sometimes we are unethical, whether that's in thoughts, whether that's in actions. We are immoral sometimes. Mm. It's kind of the nature of human, I think. Obviously, to varying degrees. And, but how do you reconcile with the impact that you make in the world? You know, and maybe that's where I'm I'm trying to understand is how do you embody the justice for yourself too? How do you come into that and and are able to make sense of what aligns with your ethics and your morals? And how do you hold yourself accountable for that in life? Because like you know, the yeah. justice systems will do that mm. as well. But how do we do that for ourselves? It makes me think of a conversation I had with someone a long time ago when I was quite young and they had been sent to boarding school in a totally different country and they'd had a really damaging horrible experience and and I was out just giving them some sympathy and then they said and I can't wait to have a child of my own so I can send them to boarding school so they experience what I experienced and I was like wow that they hurt so much that instead of feeling angry or whatever against the parent, they the only way that they could express that hurt and anger was to put it onto somebody else rather than wanting to save that person from that hurt that they had. So for their justice to mm. make it right that it happened to them, they have to make it right for somebody else. That's really weird, yeah. Mm. It sounds a bit like they became the parent. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, takes on the, the role of the parent. That now so, I have the power. That they're yeah. so angry at. Yeah. Because they couldn't talk to them, so they become them. Yeah. Which is very common, you know. A lot of people don't break off the, the chain of, of that, of the ancestral trauma, of that, the generational trauma. And, yeah, it was making me think about, like, how there is some kind of I, I think I remember you saying this B a few episodes ago 
you said trauma is not our fault but it's our responsibility Mm. and I was thinking about this is this is a card about responsibility about accountability and that is the the key in being in it to me at least I think one of the most important things when you have power and when you have authority is accountability again being able to see yourself and see others as imperfectly human Mm. there are these interesting points on the card itself you know like you have these two squares that sit like right on the third eye and right in the heart space and that kind of points to the like intuition and feeling needed when it comes to taking responsibility and accountability for yourself and kind of you know when we're thinking about this this judge or this you know this figure of justice and you know I think we always know I think even the biggest sociopath in the world would would know I mean it splits off somewhere else but there's the sense of knowing that yeah that's not a good thing that I did or that's not that was a slightly unjust thing that I did because to an extent you have to hide it from yourself like if you have to hide evidence from yourself that what you've done isn't in line with your values then there's always the sense of knowing either in the heart or in the third eye in your intuition that you always know that mm, that actually sits a little bit funny with me and I'm just going to have to do a little bit of evidence cover up I remember for example like before I was a vegan just not being able to watch anything to do with factory farming or I I was like can't don't show me Mm -hmm. can't look at it don't want to see and it's that knowing because it it, in my heart it made me it was like like okay so your actions don't show me what I'm doing don't show me what I'm paying for don't show me what I'm contributing to I don't want to see it I'd rather just live in the state of disillusionment yeah and disintegrity but I remember the feeling of alignment that came when I made the change and kind of opened my eyes a bit and it was like oh my god this is it's also a bit about um sacrifice this card and sort of letting letting some things go in order for the lesson of justice to come through because this is a card about learning lessons and like veganism was like my new dawn behind this card almost so you know there'll be many times when we come and we approach justice and you know they'll sit in front of us like this and it's like oh me again Mm. but because the tarot as well it's this it's the structure of universal information you know we can even say if in this lifetime you know you live an unjust life perhaps that you bet your bottom dollar that that will be accounted for in your next life. I think there's an Egyptian goddess who weighed souls on a scale against a feather. Mm-hmm. And if it balanced, then the person could go to the afterlife. And wow. if not, they had to kind of come back and and do it all again. Because it's like, sorry, you didn't pass the test. Back you go. And that's kind of where I suppose like universal justice and karma that's kind of where I I believe in it because 
you know, there's so much more just to the human life that we live now. And, you know, I like to think that everyone who's had, you know, deep injustice done to them will be, you know, reserved in in mm. the next life. Mm. Um, because the scales always balance out. They have to. It's this thing about, like, equilibrium. Like, beings constantly crave balance and equilibrium. Maybe when you're feeling that big part of your life is very unjust and that's all that can consume you, it's that there must be another part of your life that has something to balance out and really trying to find that and focusing more on that rather than the heaviness of the injustice and the lowness and that if you try to fight, think that about the balance mm. to help you through that everything's wrong everything's unjust everything's dark heavy if there has to be balance where is that light where is that thing it might be really really like a tiny glimmer but then trying to focus on that and go towards that yeah yeah and it was making me think also equally like this world is unjust and what do we do with that like what what do we do if we find ourselves at the end of incredible injustice that feels so massive that sorry bug <laughs> that feels that's unjust <laughs> <laughs> that feels so massive that how do you reckon with that and i was thinking about when i was reading about this card i saw something it said like objectivity and i was like mm do I believe that there's an objective right and wrong or an objective way of being or, I don't know, ethical stance? Because we're all intersubjective beings. We're all individuals. We all have very unique experiences in this life. And I was thinking about, there's something about recognizing that Maybe, maybe it's back to the false justice thing, but recognizing who has power to decide what's just and unjust. And if you're at the end of personal injustice, and maybe it's collective injustice, you know, in marginalized groups of people, you know, is there, a, is there movement here beyond justice to mobilize and seek justice to kind of flip the current justice power around and take back the power of what's just and i i think about that in like protests and in movements that are happening right now and have always been happening but you know collective groups of people that go this is unjust what is happening this is unfair this is unsafe this is unjust to live like this to be uh put through this and how do you take that power back I don't know there was some kind of element that really attracted me actually about this card about activism and what we can do to reclaim what is just and also to assert that into the world and it was making me think also about I think her name was Polly Higgins she passed away a few years ago was a lawyer was a lawyer that uh was pioneering ecocide as law so 
being able to hold huge corporations and people in power mm. accountable for allowing the climate crisis to worsen drastically. And I think that, for instance, that's not in law, but ecocide needs to be in law, right? Because this is this yeah. is incredible injustice to not only the earth, but all of its inhabitants. Yeah. And so how, how do you sit in the world and trust the justice system when there's so much injustice? Mm. And the earth will, but it's like the, the karma of that is the earth will balance itself out on like a different time scale. It's like if humans are this kind of cancer on the earth that just keeps kind of eating away and eating away, you know, the earth will just make herself completely un, unsustainable for us. Like she'll get too hot and eventually she'll, and we'll all burn out and then she'll cool down again. She'll be like, oh, they've gone. I can yeah. breathe now. <sighs> I can breathe again. It's on a different time frame for us. That feels like, you know, millions and millions of years. But for the earth itself, you know, I think she's relatively young. Yeah. So she's just kind of, she's coming into herself and, you know, figuring out who she is and who, who can live on me, who is going to respect me. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's, there's this thing about... Um, that also comes with with justice and this thing about um like seeking justice which can bleed into like uh defensiveness and resentment which is like a kind of um it's like a maybe a slightly negative connotation of like severe consequences but if you're stuck in the resentment and you're stuck in the defensiveness you're still you're not learning the lesson from it Mm. um and this card that on the Kabbalistic path, it connects the spheres of severity and beauty. So there's any, any severe justice or any severe punishment that's inflicted on you is um, done in the name of beauty, in the name of the, the overall goal, which is enlightenment, which is going to come into the next card of the hanged man um that you know if severe consequences are served your way or you're left with this feeling of like oh that felt harsh that there's something for you to learn from that there's something for all of us to learn from it if if things that you have to do you know in response to the climate crisis feel hard or they feel like a burden on you or they feel severe there's a lesson in that and if that it's not adhered to then you know the double-edged sword of justice is gonna it's gonna come swinging down anyway Mm. and you know we'll all be living in a mad max dystopia and it's like um yeah justice doesn't care like it, it 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 doesn't really care about your feelings it yeah, it's just not very is emotional it, it just, just is does yeah. and equalizes it's, yeah it's it, it's equal and it's fair mm. and it's kind of that fa- fairness will balance out universally always That's we can see it in like little, little microcosms in our lives but i think if you know if you see this card and it makes you feel uneasy then maybe perhaps think about 
you know, the actions that you're putting out into the world, if you see this card and you feel relief, you know, know that, uh, you know, a fair and just solution is coming your way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's where I sit with this. Mm. It's really powerful. There's something I was reading about, about like radical honesty as well. Mm. And it brings into account the defenses you were talking about, how a lot of this can be um, us defending from, yeah, basically defense mechanisms, defending from unbearable things, yeah, unbearable feelings, unbearable thoughts. And I was I looked up radical honesty because I was like, what does, you know, what does that mean? Just being super honest. Apparently it was um, a concept or a practice, I guess, that uh, was made popular by a book from 1996 by Brad Blanton named Radical Honesty. And it basically presents a practice as a moral imperative, um, but it talks about promoting radical honesty um, for the sole purpose for the individual to reduce stress, deepen connections with others, and reduce reactivity. And I think it's interesting because I I personally don't struggle with being honest. Mm. Uh, I actually find that concept really foreign to not tell the truth. Uh, sometimes I tell too much of the truth, <laughs> you know. And but I think that's a really interesting maybe question for for everyone is what's your relationship to honesty, both to yourself and to others. How honest do you feel you can be with people and with yourself? And is there anything that's, if there's any kind of sticky parts in between that, maybe question what that is. What stops you? What's the obstacles against being, I guess, radically honest, honest, whatever you want to be urgently honest, <laughs> um, tastefully honest. Yeah. Where are you living in denial? Mm-hmm. And, or delusion, denial. Yeah. What kind of defenses are up there? Yeah. I think that's quite important. And, and where is that leading? with um injustice to you from others like in we were talking you talk about the, the bigger scale with the governments and all those but then with friends or relationships like on the much more closer scale if you feel like there's an injust with relationships and the imbalance um why are you still in those relationships in those friendships Mm-hmm. Um, and is it because you can't find the strength to have the honesty to say actually this isn't serving me what you're doing isn't just to me there isn't a balance here and maybe needing to remove yourself mm-hmm. from those situations yeah recognizing when you're doing a disservice to self yeah mm-hmm. boundary is another huge aspect to this card mm-hmm. which links this card to strength in mm-hmm. a lot of ways and it's funny because those two cards are actually often interchangeable in many decks interesting yeah, swap the position of strength and justice that's very interesting i also liked the um maybe i'll ask the question since we're ending the episode say where have we landed and maybe i'll go first i have landed really thinking about this this migration from the wheel of fortune to justice mm. wheel of fortune was our last episode and i remember b and i singing songs singing justin timberlake and i think beyonce and we were singing what goes around comes mm. back around <laughs> all the way back around yeah, I had that song in my head. 
thinking at about some this point too. too. Yeah, but I Me didn't sing it because I was like, no, I've I was like, did we already? <laughs> yeah, I was like, déjà vu. We've definitely sung that on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> and I was thinking about that because it's a, you know, Wheel of Fortune. I guess is about the life cycles, and then what happens is, like we were talking about these mini cycles that continue to happen, and what we what we put out comes back in. Mm-hmm. Our internal is connected to our external. And yes, Wheel of Fortune might signify, or sorry, the chariot signifies maybe the vehicle that connects it. The Wheel of Fortune represents the actual thing, the process. Maybe justice is, is a part in that process that continues to challenge you, mm. challenge your morals, challenge your ethics. It's kind of the lesson afterwards. Mm. What happens after it's come back around? Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Do you feel a bit hard done by, or do you feel like, oh, thank God that came back around? Yeah. It's really interesting. Mm. I think Where you guys when you um, said the word boundaries, that really resonated with injustice often when people overstep the boundaries, or someone hasn't been clear with their boundaries, and someone, so then now someone oversteps your boundaries, or you overstep the boundaries of justice so that the interconnection intertwining of those two things Mm. sits with me after this whole conversation Mm. I'm landing on um, the importance of living in a state of integrity only you or only I know if I'm living in a state of integrity and the only way that you know, the universe can only grant you universal protection if you're living in this state of integrity. Your soul will only balance against the feather if you're living in the state of integrity. You know when you're not. We all know when, you know, we're denying truths to ourselves. And this is a reminder to sort of listen hard to when that happens. I had it a bit at the beginning of the episode. This court is now in session. Mm. It was Audrey's line. And I nabbed it. <laughs> and as soon as I said it and Audrey said I was going to say it, I thought... Oh, you stole it from disintegrity. me. Disintegrity. Mm. I stole it. In- that I was took, unjust. It was unjust. And I took credit for something that wasn't mine. You did. And to move back into integrity, I am, I have to take the L and say, I'm sorry, Audrey. And I have to give that credit back to Audrey because Audrey is funny. Thank you. I, I receive all of it with love. And I, you know, as you were also just speaking, I was thinking about how, how our tone in this whole episode, again, we really attuned to every card. Yeah, and like our tone serious. In this, yeah. we, it was so serious. Like we were in a courtroom, you guys. Yeah. Like this was a really serious episode. Your honor. You know, yeah. Pound that gavel. T- <laughs> Pound that gavel. <laughs> Pound that gavel. And yeah, I, there was there was something really serious about it, and I think it this card called for uh, severity. It it called for like us sitting here as a council. Mm-hmm. And when I just, when I was saying about the boundaries, it's also I feel like taking accountability for what sometimes if you think things are being unjust or unjust, have you done everything, like you were saying, um, the integrity and knowing that you've done everything right? Because say with the boundaries, if you have no boundaries and people overstep them and then you feel like it's been unjust, but you haven't set those boundaries, you haven't Mm -hmm. got that, what's the word you use? 
it can sit within <laughs> sit within yourself that you know that you've done yeah. the right thing yeah. and everything you can do. Yeah. And so can you feel when you're feeling like it's been a, a situation of unjust to mm-hmm. you, can you sit really honestly with yourself that you have done the right things to create that justice? Yeah, and to take accountability for the part that you have in mm. a situation. Absolutely. Because as much as something can be incredibly unjust and incredibly unfair, you can still have some kind of part. That's not to blame a victim. Yeah, not but, always. But... And not always, but there's always some kind of responsibility we can take mm. for our own selves of how, mm. how, how something played out, what we did and didn't do. But that's within reason, within balance, to yeah. not beat yourself up because also sometimes it's shitty things happen. Yeah, yeah, and because it's it's a constant. It might be learnt behavior, but learnt behavior from someone else that didn't have those tools. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a tool. It is so true. It's tools mm-hmm. like boundaries. It's like toolkit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it, serious shit. It's um, as long as you can learn from what's happened, then it's not a mistake. It's something to learn from and move forward from yeah if you don't learn from it then it doesn't i can't think of the phrase then it, it just comes back around <laughs> yeah right karma it, it just it just goes whoop, mm. come back around next time we'll see if you get it now but that's justice that's like, if, justice if you don't take accountability justice will be served again and it's like hot yeah <laughs> hot fresh justice fresh again justice. it's like you didn't take accountability here's that lesson again we're gonna keep doing this until mm. until you get it until, until you're not in yeah and um yeah don't blame others for things that are your fault mm. and if you've caused injustice to somebody say sorry I reckon Apo- there's a pattern happening yeah. mm-hmm. why is the pattern happening yeah apologize is, is also you know yeah I'm genuinely sorry for you know causing injustice is a a big thing we haven't really touched on yeah Wow. So, yeah, why is it so hard? A lot of people find it so hard to apologize and say sorry. Because there's then the guilt and the shame that comes with that, mm. that you've caused unjust to someone. But it's like, to be able to move on. It's freeing. Yeah. To a genuine apology you give for yourself. Yeah. If you're the one that's being unjust, let it go by feeling that. Mm. I'm sure accountability, apologising, yeah, and moving on rather than holding on to it. Definitely, and I'm sure these themes are going to be coming up in in other cards. Mm. I'm thinking the devil. I'm thinking, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure all of these kinds of themes are coming up because I think what justice doesn't grapple with, and what maybe we've just tapped into, is that emotional space, the emotional aspect, because justice is very like, right, <laughs> right, <laughs> but you know. That's what's next to come, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. I thoroughly enjoyed that. If you want to listen to the rest of our Arcana series episodes, we have all of them lined up, ready to listen in order, and we will keep releasing them as they come. So if you want to DM us, you can at Solstice London on Instagram. You can engage with us, see what else we're doing, and rate and review our podcast. And yeah, just, you know, connect. Send it off to other people if you'd like. We would love to increase and maximize our connectivity with everyone and welcome in a bigger community. So in justice fashion, how do we say goodbye? 
I need like a pounding of a gavel. Mm-hmm. Like I need a yeah, like a sound effect. And I was thinking about Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada and how she just kind of glances and goes. That's all. <laughs>